Coming up in this episode of the KitCast, we have a documentary on our favorite subject, crowdfunding, a movie using only Legos, and a device that will keep your phone silent when you're watching these movies. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KitCast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the KitCast, the podcast about crowdfunding projects. And boy, do we have a great episode for you. We got a documentary on our favorite subject. We have a movie on here and we have this nifty device. But let's go to the my favorite part of the show is being able to have Drew on oh, again. So Drew, welcome again back to the KitCast. I, I have I'm fun. I, I'm going to tell people the truth. To be honest, most of the reasons why I do these podcasts is just to be able to hang out with friends that I don't see as often as I as I should. So that is, it's it's my excuse to you know have you on. Like even if no one ever watches this episode, I still got I still other, got man. something. I still got something out of it. So yeah, but we still I'm love happy. all the people who watch at home. <laughs> on yes. there, I'm happy to be with you. Yep. Um. And Drew is a I'd have to say expert extraordinaire of all things awesome at Weber State University. Like if you ever get them as a professor up there, you guys are, that's your lucky day right there. Someday I'm going to have to break out of Weber State and do my own thing so I can like mentor, you know, everybody instead of just people that are paying $3,000 a semester. But that's cheap. (laughs) But I love it. I love what I do. Thank you for the kind words, sir. All right, so if you guys have never seen an episode of the KitCast before, what we do is we go out, we find uh, three different crowdfunding projects, we bring them back, and we talk about them. But before we actually go into the crowdfunding projects, let's go into some news. It's been a light couple of weeks for news right now. So the first one actually happened today, and that's a Kickstarter finally crossing the threshold of a 100,000 projects launched. 100,000, that's a lot. Yeah, and it, and to think about it here, to put it into perspective, they've raised over five hundred thirty-five million dollars, million with an M. I don't, I can't. It's one of those numbers I can't even conceptualize in my head because it's too big. Um, yeah, I, think, I mean that's success. That's people yeah. out there in the world wanting things that are now being offered and being created because everybody got together and you know rocked it. This is impressive. Hundred thousand yeah. plus in three years too. Might add because mm-hmm. Kickstarter's only been around for about three years, so that's actually crazy to think about it. And um, you might be wondering, hey, KT, where in the world are you going to find the stats? Kickstarter actually on their website. We've kind of covered this in an episode before, but they actually have a stats page on there. Um, and if you look at the link on screen or check out our show notes at kickcast.net, you'll be able to uh, find a link that goes straight to this page right here, and it'll show you how many. It's a little, it's a little deceiving at the beginning because it shows you how many projects they have and then how much money total in there, but that's not counting the um, unsuccessful projects on there. It's the column right after it that t- tells you how much money it is. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it also kind of brings it, hits it back to home where it's only like a 43% success rate. And I'm still kind of seeing this trend where people think like, oh, if I put it on the site, I'm going to be able to reach my goal and make millions and millions of dollars right there. Um, but it's not, you know, you, you've seen a lot of these projects, right, Drew? Some of them are yeah. crazy. Yeah, and yeah. Like, eh, you won't get it. So right, right. Um, congrats to Kickstarter for getting that. And, you know, the only reason we mention Kickstarter often is because they're the biggest. Um, there's still other sites, Indiegogo, um, another one that you posted. I forgot what it was. Uh, kicking it, something. 
like that um on there no. but you know so it it's this crowdfunding thing i think it's gonna stick around for a while it has a long life it certainly does all right and then so another news item it's about a kickstarter project and then drew i think you are probably the perfect person to kind of talk about this because you've worked in the news media and you actually teach a lot of it to kids and stuff um i'm just some stupid science dude that hates local <laughs> news right right. So. <laughs> but, but you're the norm i mean i think there's a lot of people that have complaints about um about general because we feel like it should be serving the public so this next one is a little bit of, of kickstarter news i guess crowdfunding news and it's this idea of crowdfunding journalism so apparently if i pull this up what where do uh, I have it? Bam. And then it's Bam. actually called Crackstarter. Crackstarter. Uh, Docker did it. Um, pull up that link because I want to make sure that I can intelligently discuss it. I guess the idea is what intrigues me. Less, not so much this Rob Ford Crackstarter paying to do or, or did actually. Yeah, it's actually over. It, it ended. did. It launched, yeah. So for me, for me, I'll give you a quick breakdown of what this one is, and then I'll, I want to discuss a little bit more about just the implications overall. So this is basically what we call crowdfunding journalism, the idea that you can raise funds through a crowd to, in this case, release information uh, that would, you know, to the public. It's where you have the Toronto mayor, Toronto Mayor Rob Ford. Somebody takes some video of him on a cell phone smoking Correct. Talk smack, and and this is normal in the news business. Somebody will bring that video to a news station and basically say, "Hey, if you want this and you want to air it, pay me for it." I've done it with things like uh, car crashes or natural disasters or things like that. Then I'll say, "Hey, I've got really cool video of this. If you want it, how much do you want to offer me for it?" And the stations kind of do a quick bidding war, and the local stations will be like, "Oh, here's a couple hundred bucks." It's kind of like buying, you know, paying for a freelancer. Very simple. This one. They had a source who had this video who showed it to an editor, showed it to a couple of reporters. They were all really like on board and they wanted to, you know, share it with the public uh, because you know the news story isn't quite enough. They want to have the proof of what they actually saw, and so they came to Kicks or Indiegogo to fund two hundred thousand dollars for the source, the guy who has the video. He said, "This you give me two hundred thousand. Of course, Gawker probably has that money, but." For even for a local news station, two hundred thousand goes a long ways in the, in covering news. You know, a couple of months of stories and other things, and so two hundred thousand is a lot. So Gawker just said, "Well, let's crowdfund it," and they met their goal. And then at the very end of that, there's the questionable part of now they can't get a hold of the guy who says he has the video. So all these people that put their money in probably going to get all refunded because they they aren't going to be able to deliver this unless they can catch up with this guy but their last update here says we have no further contact with the people we believe have custody of the video so there's the premise what what's the implications i mean you watch okay you just said you hate local news but actually i hate news in general news in general right even even cable news (laughs) yeah so so what's that idea that we can have of stories that are out there and if the public pays enough for them we get to hear them or we get to see them i'm not sure that has you know longevity to it i, I actually kind of really worry about it laser room has an excellent point right there what if the second reporter has the same info to sell does it become a bidding war will it drive down the cost of real stories and i and i think that that's probably would be the case if somebody else had the same information 
be it would be a way to to uncover more stories, more in-depth reporting, more kind of investigative stuff. But I guess my biggest fear is that the basis here is you're putting somebody's profiting on dirt, basically. Because I think that's where a lot of this is going. I don't see people doing crowdsourced journalism for like, uh, you know, a, a nice expose on the benefits of copper mining in Utah, right? I, I, I think that a lot of this is just going to come down to, to the dirt. Hey, we've got this or this, and it'll be released if we get this much money, and the people all pitch in. I guess I'm in journalism in general. I'm a very much a a uh, even local stations, let alone cable, need to do more to serve the public, to be those watchdogs, and that's not happening as it is. So this idea of like raising money from the public is already. I mean, they're already selling us to their advertisers to get our yeah. news. Now we got to pitch in for it too. Plus, I'm not interested in that. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? The sensationalized stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what worries me now too, especially with even the cable networks and stuff. You, when you tune into a major event and stuff, you'll find like 20 minutes a section where all they're doing is reading tweets and yeah. Facebook posts. Hopefully, and, they're using Vidpresso, but still, yeah, it's they they, they should be using Vidpresso. But it, to that point, it, I just got to a point where I got fed up with it and most of the time i'll be following on blogs or anything to keep up with the news and you know and a lot of it is like it, i think they're starting to backpedal a little bit about it because if you notice now they oh. all they have these disclaimers when they're reading them now it's like these are just unverified tweets we have no way of verifying these yet and then that ends up DYA, yeah yeah so uh, because do you know how successful things like uh, CNN's iReporter have been and stuff like that? Because I've I've seen it in Final Cut, but I'm like, but not I don't gonna but I, click on it. Right, I don't see it on CNN, and I don't see it getting spread much of anywhere else because they're they're relying on people that are working for less than nothing, and and uh, we call that um, citizen journalism. Excuse me, and I don't think that there's I don't know they're either not bushing it or the stories that are coming in aren't that. Quality. I know they vet some of the stories, and so you can submit it, and they vet it, and make sure everything's up to to their level of standards, and then they'll publish it. But I'm not, I don't know, I don't see that many that trickle to the top end. Yeah, and like I, I'm like, eh, I'm just gonna leave it to the experts, uh, especially in a lot of these fields, because I, I especially did that when I realized that the New York Times and stuff they have like little like books on how you on your on style guides, just straight yeah, style that. guides and stuff. Yep. I'm like. Mm. <laughs> Wish I I don't kids, know. wish my students would follow a style guide. <laughs> All right, that's yeah. anyway. That's my thought on that news. It's it's an interesting take. I hope it doesn't go much farther than that. It yeah, is exactly what Laser and pointed out. It's kind of like TMZ, where you have to pay for your own dirt. I I'm not on board. Yeah, and you know, it's like, oh no, Michael Jordan's picking his nose. I'm like, I don't really care. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna throw in a dollar for that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just take it on face value. You sent me a tweet about it. I'm like, okay. It's done. I don't need to see it. Yeah. Anyway, let's get on to the good stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's go into our first project. And this is one that you brought. And I think one thing about this project right here is it's a project that literally, you know, it's they they see the same things that I saw when I started started doing the KickCast on here. So, um, Drew, tell people a little bit about um, what Kickstarter is. So this is on Kickstarter and and they're. They're basically a couple of filmmakers that want to document the crowdfunding revolution, and so they're asking for eighty-five thousand in the next month 
so that they can kind of fund the production of an original documentary about crowdfunding, um, the whole revolution, the people behind it. This is if you, if you read through it and you kind of get an idea of what they're talking about it, they um, they want it to be kind of an open, honest look at the culture, the creativity, the entrepreneurship behind it, the stuff that's fueling it. Uh, they've got a great budget breakdown. Looks like a majority of stuff is going to pay for um, route crews and rewards. Um, I I think they're pretty legit in what they've got here in their breakdown. I mean, it sounds like a standard breakdown in a filmmaking world. Um, the equipment's a, you know fifteen percent. Crew is eighteen percent. Post production fifteen percent. It's looking legit in that regard. Um, the rewards are pretty funny. They're, well, I'll let you look at them, but basically, they're <laughs> they're a success story. Kevin Bradley and they've made this. I don't know if you can show that, but they the I can't say it. I won't say it. Crowdfunding. Oh, oh, this yeah. is where it's at, right? You see it. Yeah, so we, we won't say it on the audio version, but you if go. you guys have the video version and if you're listening to the audio version, go back to kitcast.net and you can look at the video version. I'll have it on there. Um, and if you love crowdfunding, maybe this is cool. A little yeah. tote that says crowdfunding. This is where it's at. Yeah. Um, it, it, and I, I think they, they see the same things that we saw in it. And I love, you know, part of the thing that draws me to crowdfunding so much and why I believe in it is people's creativity, their their passion so, behind these products, you know, you get a couple of those products here and there where people are like putting stuff up because they think they're going to make a gazillion dollars off of it. But then you meet those people who you can totally tell they believe in their craft and they really want to take it to the next level. I mean, one of the people yep. that reminds me so much of this is actually the Throwboy guy, Roberto, that we, um, I think I covered in two episodes oh, yep. past. Yep. The, the actual pillows and stuff. And like, if you go back and look at his update on when he got funded, he was almost speechless. And it's like, I, he's like, I don't know what to say. Thank you guys so much. And I've been talking to him on Twitter and stuff. And you can tell he genuinely believes yeah. in his product and he just wants to take it to the next level. And I, it made me feel good to help him. Yeah. You know, take I, it to I, the I would, next level. I would hope that they'd find some of those people to interview for this story. And it looks like they've got other interviews shot and ready to go from Amanda Palmer, Zach Braff, you know, people, the whole gambit, people that you would know, and I'm hoping that they have a lot here that you don't know in the crowdfunding scene, like those kinds of success stories. But I have one big reservation about this, but I'll let you uh, throw down okay. your thoughts. All right. So, and then the first of all, like, I'm glad you kind of mentioned those production costs because, one, I know to make a really good film, you got to cash out some dough for it. And, mm -hmm. and some of you guys are like, oh, but KT, like, your stuff looks really nice. You don't want to realize how much money I've put into all of this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on there so um that's one thing and i i love them that they're you know th part of it they're finding all these big names on there but i like like you said i really hope they go find some of those indie little shops that just needed a couple hundred dollars to get their idea rolling and um i know a lot of the, some of these people they're like i never thought i'd be able to make this dream happen and you know all these people believed in me and helped me out um and so I, you know, I think they'll, they'll be doing good. The one thing that kind of annoyed me a little bit, and you guys probably know this by now, um, I actually call this uh, crowdfunding video rage. <laughs> is when I actually watch these videos, the one thing that a little annoyed me is that I don't think they use really good mics and audio recording I, technique. Yeah, I don't think they used mics at all. I guess that was that's the biggest thing that makes me scratch my head. 
Like, yeah, if you watch, like, the video, the visuals and everything, everything looks perfect, pretty, really good on there. But then you hear them talk and you hear all the room noise and the echoes. And I'm like, go. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's my reservation. If you're, if you're making a film, I mean, maybe that's what the first thing you're going to buy in their equipment category is some decent mics or a boom mic. But the fact that they're filmmakers sitting in a room that's so echoey, uh, you know, I would think that at this point you'd, and we we harp on videos a lot. I think yeah. you and I. But, but I think, I think it's point, it's important in a project because what is the first thing you see when you go to most crowdfunding sites is that video, on and there. you get the most information in the shortest amount of time. And and for me, I I think I kind of I don't know. I just watch it and listen to it. And it was so hollow and so echoey. It was like they didn't try to do anything with their audio. They just shot it with whatever camera they had. It's like oh hey we got this here. Let's just do it now. Um, there's many ways to to get a better sound in it. That worries me as well. Yeah, it worries me because it's like I'm like, okay, maybe they only did that part with that, but then they show you the interviews and you're still getting a lot of those echoes and everything. I'm like, oh boy. So, maybe. Yeah. Okay, I will give you this. There's there's a chance that they recorded on a secondary device and they're going to put that into the, the post production. Yeah, and then they'll already. sync it together. Yeah, post, I've I, done that a lot. Because I, I like that's the first thing I asked you. I like, do you know any of movie magic tricks that could possibly make the sound sound better on there? Because I don't. Yeah, there's there's a possibility they're going to do something like that, yeah. but let's hope so. On, I'm hoping on Kitcaster at least, you know, even their own intro. And I just that that worried me. I guess I I don't know that I would back it based on that. Honestly, I and I'm into crowdfunding. I love the idea. I'd love to see it, but but at the same time, they want to capture this revolution and kind of show everybody what's going on. I'm watching it right now because you and I do this show. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I'm, I'm following it. I'm a part of it. I don't know that I need to get to the you know, some point in it, look back and go like, okay, here's somebody's perspective. You know, as open, as honest as they want to make it, I'm not sure I'm interested in kind of looking back at the mirror because I've been living it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I, for me, okay, so if you guys have never watched the show before, we have a rating system, back, track, or sack on this. For me, I'd actually still say back on this, but I, I'm, even with the audio portion aside, I'm like, part of me is like wishing, hoping that they have some kind of backup plan on that um maybe i'm too trusting who knows uh that might be why i back so many projects but i'm hoping there's there but i always you know i think it's important to kind of document these things and 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 for that reason i think i yes the documenting of it is probably yeah and you know if there was another project where they kind of did something similar and they actually you know showed really good audio i'd i'd back that one too um i really think it's important to kind of record these things and keep track of them in history because this honestly i think this is the time where people are going to look back like can you believe that uh, that that people used to go to venture capitalists and try to raise money that way instead of having the customers you know say hey i like that idea and chip money in um it could be that way and no laser norm i do not want the man purse i don't need a man (laughs) purse i have enough backpacks and stuff i don't need a man purse on top of that (laughs) All right, so that is kickstarted, and then we we I I noticed this that we kind of have a movie theme going or a film theme for this mm-hmm. episode. So mm-hmm. our next project is actually called Melting Point. So you're probably like, oh, what is this? This is actually a thirty minute brick film, brick film, I love and, bricks, and it's about a cop that must battle a ruthless villain with intent on melting the entire plastic world. 
So if you, you can, in a brick film, right? What yeah. else is the worst thing possible? Yeah. So this is literally a movie built using entirely of all using only Legos and a camera, and it's all stop motion on here. Um, and what really actually sold me on this is actually seeing the trailer that this guy had going on. He actually has he has his little spiel at the beginning on there, but then he shows you a trailer and what he actually did was he went in and actually filmed a trailer for you. He and what and then you start digging deeper and deeper into it. He's already has a story written. He's already starting to storyboard everything. And he's already had the audio portions kind of recorded and just looking at it and this this kid he's pretty young you you see him and i'm like he, does, he looks like 17 or 18 but, honestly but unless then, he's just a baby face yeah but. then again i look like i'm 12 so <laughs> I, I really i am not one to judge on there but he it's really good you watch the trailer and it feels like uh you know an entire production company went in and did it and he, he has all these wonderful shots. The dialogue is very well written, and I'm good audio. And yeah, really good audio. Lean. Everything looks amazing, and you know, he even kind of makes fun fun of himself a little bit right there. It's like CG. We don't use no CG in these movies. Um, it's impressive that trailer right there sold me. You watch that, and it's just it's not even like standard stop motion that some of you know my students will come up with, and it's still really jumpy and shaky and stoppy. This is really quite. Fluid and smooth. Yeah, and it looks like he used CG for it, but he no, he did the old school style of uh, take a frame and move, take a frame and all that good stuff right there. Um, something and, I would move minutely. Yeah, I, think is key. I mean it's 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 precious. Yeah, some of those things that I don't have the patience for. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it takes. Yeah, on there, and so like he literally just needs to buy the Legos, which is half his cost. And the rest is to get some more minor gear. Uh, I'm not an expert on making stop motion, so he probably needs, you know, just that little bit to kind of improve everything else on there. And and, and then the fact that he's pushing this to festivals is is brilliant because this this would play well at festivals. It's got a unique play to it, especially if he's you know he's got his script ready to go. I've already seen from his videos that he's got a really uh, a great delivery. Um, there's there's something to this one. Yeah, and so and he's like he's good to go to. He just needs to build it and film it. Um, yep. We've seen projects where they haven't even gotten to this point, and they're asking for a whole lot more money yep. on there. So, um, Drew, I'd have to ask, what, what, kind of, what are your thoughts on this? Because I think people can already tell that I'm a back. So, what, oh, what are your thoughts on this project? I'm, I'm a back as well. I make I've made little videos with with my girls when we have the smallest amount of bricks and. And, uh, you know, I love videos. My girls are really young, but they love the idea of, of making little movies. I can't keep them around for more than, like, you know, 20 or 30 shots. So we have, like, 10-second shows. But this guy just does – just there's something very polished and clean about it. And I think I'm not big into films or movies or um, – well, I did do I did do comic book. You know, the one that we talked about with uh, Frank Bador's uh, Hatter M series but really that's that's not a strong point for me so this one caught caught me off guard as i started to watch the trailer you know the the video the intro video and i just went wow he's answering all the questions he's got a beautiful cut trailer sounds good and i just i started looking at uh, pledges right away how high how high can i go because i really like it and i'm i just 
I feel like this guy's done the right steps in the right order, so I'm definitely back in this one. And, uh, you know, I'm an Idaho boy. I grew up in a little town called Yukon. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> Boise's a ways away, but... I, did, I didn't even know that. <laughs> You're from Idaho. Uh, I, I, was, I was born in Idaho Falls, raised in a little town called Yukon just outside. And then I did my K-12 through in Wyoming, and now my college and whatnot's in Utah. So, I'm, you know, I'm a little... Inner Mountain West guy. Yeah, anyway, so I, you got to support your, uh, you know, your hometown, your hometown state right there. That's right, my home state. No, I would, I would love to meet this guy. This is an impressive, just, just the amount of work that he's put into it, and, and the way it's looking so far. I'm, I'm definitely on board. Yeah. Okay. All right. Speaking of hometown states, you know, I, I try to consciously do this, but this one was totally unintentional. This is actually a project from Utah, Salt Lake City, and it's called the mutator so um kind of think of this scenario before have you have you ever had this so drew i know you have an iphone and most of the time my phone's on this silent switch right here but Mm -hmm. you can see it right now it's on it's on uh silent but what i can do is actually go into my phone and let's hope not for a live demo fail and if i actually start playing a song it will still it will start playing right there. Same thing works for alarms and um, videos so and everything like that. Your mute is not muting. Yeah. So it turns out it actually says this in the uh, Apple manual, but it's de- it's designed that way so that if anything the user if it's a user initiated action, so playing a video, uh, setting an alarm or anything, it's designed to override that switch. That switch is mm-hmm. only there to keep your ringer off. So um, other people calling you or interrupting you. Okay. Yeah. So what the mutator does is actually it's a device that fits into your headphone jack and it basically emulates that there's a headphone plugged in except there's no speaker on the other side or no diaphragm on the other side for the sound to escape. So the signal's going through the headphone jack, but you're not hearing anything on there. So um it's actually pretty design it's designed pretty well because you can leave it in your headphone jack because it's just this tiny little thing right there. And if you turn it 90 degrees, it will activate it. But if you turn it another 90 degrees, it disables it. So you have this um, security of, know- of no- no- knowing you won't lose the mut- mutator. And you know that um, that will keep your phone silent when you need it for those situations. Because trust me, I've been there before where I'm sitting in class or something and... You know, I make a conscious effort to keep my phone on silent because I'm like, well, I'm here for class, but I'm not going to leave my phone in my car for it to get stolen on there. Um, and then I'll f- totally forget I left an alarm on for 7.50 mm-hmm. just in case I overslept and I had to run to class. And here we are in the middle of class and it just goes off like, oh, crap. Uh, sorry. Sorry. That was me. <laughs> so um, I totally see the um, use for this on there. So... um and a lot of people are probably like, wait, does, it, does this only work for iPhones? It actually works for most devices that have yeah. iPhone jacks. The yeah. only drawback is it just depends on your hardware, how it's configured, and um, how the carrier has some limitations on it. It's you know, it's beyond the control. The reason why I'm betting you this guy marketed for the iPhone, one, it's a pretty large market. Two, he only has one possibly two different models to kind of design this for, but it's really just one model on there yeah. and that will work. So um, the way the 
the thing the nice thing is in the FAQ she mentions like if you want to try this on your Android phone just plug in a pair of headphones and it should um, work about similarly the same way and then you can test it out on there uh, it's pretty you know a pretty simple yet elegant idea on right. it and I just and right when I said its name out loud I'm like that's great great a great name too because I'm like mutator oh I get it I get it yep. I, and, the, and the fact that it's a decent it's a decent um, pledge you know 16 bucks you get yeah. a little thing it's, it's decent you're not I think the early one is even 13 bucks they've got nine left of those yeah and, so. and it's not like it's gonna totally protrude out because I've seen those like charms and stuff that you know it sticks no, out the charms. and oh, protrudes out and like well I would get one of those but I leave my phone in my pocket, and that's just asking to get it broken. This one, it you know, it's almost straight flat on the phone, so it yeah. lowers the chance of you accidentally breaking it off. Plus I would I would metal. put this on my phone or my iPad. Sometimes I'll let the the kids if I take them to church alone for some reason. If my wife's not there, because she's not a fan of iPads in church. But man, I get to hear <laughs> so much more if my kids are plugged in. My kids are little anyway. But I would take one because I don't know how many times. You know, they've fired up a game that they know they're not supposed to be playing, but like a, you know, bake your own cake game starts playing all this hokey music and it's loud. It's like, oh, you know, I was at uh, kindergarten graduation and the littlest one was playing with one of the phones. And from like four rows away, we hear Grover talking about the monster at the end of the book. And I'm like, oh, no. So, (laughs) yes, the fail safe, pop that thing in, done. I'm I'm backing it. Yeah. And for, for me, I'd have to say track. Because I actually use that, um, well, one, I don't have to take classes anymore, so um, I don't have to worry <laughs> about angering any of my professors. Because I bet you you probably give stink eyes to your students. That, no, I call them out, yeah. yeah. If I hear something, <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, hey, you want to pick that up? Just answer that. Tell them we said hello. In fact, why don't you bring it up here? Let's all talk to them. Yeah, because like, when, when it happens to me, I'm like, oh, crap, it's an honest mistake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like. <laughs> Because I I make a conscious effort not to do that because I'm like well right. I'm here paying that dude to talk to me so I should make my money's worth right there, um, on there. But you know now I actually use it to my advantage because I work in an office, um, and usually my my phone's just sitting on my desk anyways. And most of the time, every time I do actually these these actions, these user interactive actions, I'm doing it on purpose, trying to show. Um, show people uh that um uh this new youtube video and everything so so you want them yeah yeah so i'm on the fence i think it's such a great idea uh i just don't find myself in a lot of situations that get work on getting the kids it. yeah but you don't know, get the kids yeah honestly if this guy gets close to it i'm willing to chip in a couple bucks to help him get closer to his goal on there i doubt i'll use it but um, I totally see where he's coming from, and it's a great idea. Uh, Six hundred backers already with twenty-five days to go. I think he's going to hit it. Um, that's a that's a good number of people to jump on board right away. Yeah, and that's a funny thing is people actually think on this like, oh, you probably just say these things. When I actually say back, there's probably a ninety percent chance I'm going to end up backing the project. <laughs> on there. Yep. Yep. Even on some projects that I say track, like the Space Monkey, I ended up backing that one too. So. Um, that that's kind of I, I I stick to my words on there. I I really try to stick to my words on there. So I would totally my, back this one just based on his his funny note in the FAQ at the very bottom. Did you read that one? Oh yeah, the the troll one where it's like, oh if you can't <laughs> mute your phone, just 
go get rid of it and sell it and go buy a, a real phone that can mute itself. Right. And the guy's like, noted. That's all he wrote back. <laughs> noted. Yeah, exactly. It's I, I back it for that. It's just it's fun. Yeah, this, oh, this guy's awesome. And he's also in Salt Lake. So yep. I, I yep. love seeing projects from Utah. So let's go, man. You can do it. Do uh, it. And that's actually all we have for this episode of the KitCast on there. And I swear, Drew, time literally flies <laughs> when we do this. And I'm like, oh, man. But um, if you guys have any suggestions for projects or you think I'm totally nuts on some of these projects, please you know, email us at kitcast at ktdata.net or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash ktdata. Wrong, wrong podcast. Facebook.com slash KitCast. Um, or on Twitter at, at, at KitCast or on Google Plus, plus.kitcast.net. And you um, are all over. Yeah. I try to make it available. You know, you can get us anywhere. Wherever the people are. Yeah. So if you want to watch us in video or you want to watch us in audio, we have both versions available for you to download. Yes. And if you're listening in audio, you should go find the video because, man, we are good looking. Well, Drew and is. And I have just, a beard. Yeah. Drew a is good looking. Right. Don't look at my half of the. Yeah, Did you see the beard this time? It's a. It's oh been yeah. Like two weeks. Look at that. See. Watch out, Laser Norm. Drew's coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take a few more weeks. Actually, this is for the for our film festival that we're doing this weekend. We're uh, we're shooting this weekend, and we always try and get scruffy. But the rest of my team. They start growing out a week before the festival, and I started this one over a month ago <laughs> just so I'd have something scruffy because it's easier to shave and get clean shaven for a movie than it is to scruff up. So scruff up. Oh, That's perfect. my excuse anyway. Sure, sure. Just, just, just tell your wife there's a film festival every week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what I'm sacrificing for this. Good to be with you, Katie. This yeah. is fun. Yeah, it's always fun. So. If you guys missed any of these projects or, like I said, you want to watch audio or video, head on over to KitCast.net. If you guys are iTunes users, go leave us a review. I think we only have one review, so go, oh, yeah. go, go leave us a review over there and tell iTunes, like, hey, you should feature this podcast because, you know, there's at least one good-looking guy on the broadcast. And it's, it's unique. But, I don't know that there's that many people that are highlighting these types of things, and it's a, it's a, it's a, I think we're entertaining. Yep. And so, also, we also record this live because you can see us talking to Laser Norm in the chat room. We have a working chat room and everything, so you can just head on over to live.kitcast.net and we record episodes every two weeks. So our next episode is going to be June 11th, 2013. Wow, it's already half a year um, mm-hmm. on there. So hope to see you guys in the chat room. You know, we try to kind of integrate you guys in when you get, say things on there. And I you know, honestly, I just love hanging out with you guys, too. Um, it's a good excuse to hang out with KT, you bet. All right, Drew. Again, thank you. As always, I have so much fun. One of these days we're gonna Thanks, we're gonna go uh do a kick cast over at your studio. Yes. And then you know, you then you can see how the pros do it and not a, <laughs> not some kid in his office at You do a fantastic it, so. job, man. Your stuff is looking good. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kev. On there and then thank you guys for watching or listening on there. I appreciate it. And it you know, it it, for for some reason, every time you're like, oh, yeah, I watched that episode, it just makes me feel happy and I sleep better at night. <laughs> so, guys, I will see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.